which he he only rode a little bit of, but he's one. Hold of the, on, the Matthew, on stop the presses, goddammit. Uh huh. gentlemen welcome to the film find the greatest movie podcast ever assuming you've never listened to a movie podcast before i'm your host adam portress we're a little bit late but hey you're getting you're getting two episodes this week everybody i'm joined by matt smith ipite on the sipite you got that right i don't know what it means but you got it right uh, exactly. Uh, so we're back and uh we got two uh, new release reviews here for you uh this week uh, we didn't go see that Ice Age movie because we know better. We watched. <laughs> Look, I, I feel like after five of them, you either like the fucking things or you don't, and I am firmly in the I don't give a fuck camp. Yeah, I just don't. We we watch almost everything on this show, but even even hmm, it's so tough, so tough. Uh, well, look. Uh, I, we we informed people we were probably not going to do it. Yeah, so if you watch that, email us at thefilmfind.gmail.com and tell us your thoughts. We'll read them. Yeah, feel free. Uh, I, might, I may not ever uh, see this movie, uh, God willing. Yeah, yeah, I mean, <laughs> I, it's one of those, like, you've, you've kind of half overdosed on heroin and you can't reach the remote and it uh, just comes on HBO or something. Mm-hmm. Like... Even then, I would try to will my body. It would be very much Wolf of Wall Street, where I'm just trying to like, I just drag myself along to hit the remote to go to anything else but that. That's what oh, I'm figuring. I, I plan for a heroin overdose, is what I'm trying to say to everybody. <laughs> oh, hell yeah, you did. Uh, you know, so uh, we got two other new releases though this week. Uh, Star Trek Beyond, the newest in the latest Star Trek franchise. Uh, this time, directed by uh, Fast and the Furious alum, James... Uh, wait, which one is it again? Justin Lin. <laughs> it's not James Wan. James Wan border, would Borderline be a, racist. <laughs> they both got J names, man. They're both I, Asian gentlemen whose names start with a J. I, I know. I'm just saying, I don't think that it's appropriate to ask which one. <laughs> which one of the... Which one of the... Well, hey, I'll put it this way. I'll put it this way. Which, which one is it again? Which one of the... Top Asian directors in this country whose movies are opening at fucking number one. Was I talking about? That's a good fucking. That's a good which one of these to be. So I'll Oddly say that. Enough, James one uh, produced our other producer. movie. Yeah. So uh, we're also gonna be talking about Lights Out, which is not a boxing movie or a uh, football movie, but yet about scary monsters. Yes. Uh, directed we're have by lots a, of scary monster talk. Uh, directed by a guy who did a fucking YouTube video and went viral, and he fucking now has directed a major fucking motion picture with a decent sized budget, and uh, like we said, produced by James Wan. So that's fucking big. Yep. Uh, so we'll be talking about both of those this week and uh, many more exciting things. Uh, Matt, what's what do you have on the docket that's exciting? Anything? <laughs> uh. The, uh, uh Yes, Adam, I do. Oh, mm, 
share. Hmm. Well, as many of you out there, uh, dozens of you waiting with bated breath <laughs> may be aware, I have been talking for uh, some time now about this movie uh, called Deathgasm. Mm-hmm. I had I a chance to see it, but I'd like I just I could not make the screening way back when when it uh, showed here at the back alley in Charlotte. But I've heard yeah, I had things. the same deal here. Could not go and see it uh, the week that it was out uh, theatrically here, um, and uh, it's been on my radar for a while. It's on uh, Netflix actually. Um, oh, more but- stuff for me to watch. Thanks, Matt. <laughs> it is on Netflix, but I, I receive, uh, I subscribe to one of those uh, nerd blocks, uh-huh. as people do. I get the horror block, which uh, for the past three months now has been sending Blu-rays. Oh, wow. Hey, that's pretty impressive. Uh-huh. Yeah, so uh, so I got uh, Deathgasm a few months ago. Nice. Then I got The Editor. Um, uh, which one? I feel like i That's made... the Italian giallo film that uh, has a bunch of... Uh, be recognizable B actors in it. Uh, I'll talk about that. I can't remember if I've seen it or if I listened to a podcast where they talked about it. (laughs) Uh, It is thematically, I think, pretty similar, although uh, stylistically very different um, to uh, uh, Barbarian Sound Studio, which we reviewed on this Yeah, I know I've seen that in theaters, so... (laughs) Um, but uh, it's good, so we'll talk. I'll talk about that at some point. Uh, and then last month uh, got uh, Turbo Kid on Blu-ray. Nice, saw that so, in the theaters. Mm-hmm. Uh, I haven't sat down to it yet. We'll talk about that soon as well. Enjoyed. Um, I think you'll Deathgasm like it a lot. <laughs> uh, is a New Zealand horror comedy mm-hmm. uh, that works on so many levels uh, for horror fans it's a little ridiculous um it's it's not maybe the best movie i've ever seen but it is a kick-ass little low-budget gem mm-hmm. uh comes out of new zealand which uh very well known for uh very good gore uh <laughs> gore splatter horror comedies oh yeah long long lo- pretty long history at this point i'd say yes indeed um and this one is about uh uh, about some guys who are obsessed with uh, death metal, and they unwittingly uh, summon a demon known as the Blind One, <laughs> um, and it just goes uh, from there. Uh, this thing is uh, directed by—I um, I assume it's Jason Lee Howden, um, who has mostly worked uh, visual effects on a bunch of other stuff. Uh, he's done a couple of shorts, but he's been in the visual effects department, uh, digital mostly for like the Hobbit movies and, uh, mm-hmm. and, and God's wait a minute, wait a minute, and other wait a things minute. that have come. You mean, you mean a person from New Zealand, Zealand has at some point worked on a Peter Jackson? <laughs> How, get out of town. I, d- yeah. I mean, considering that Peter Jackson at, at one point, uh, in the two thousands was, all anyone ever knew about the New Zealand uh, film industry. Shocking. <laughs> he employed 95% of the entire country. It's most like we most got, of the special effects pe- uh, people in that country are employed by, uh, by people, Weta. So. Five people are like sheep her- 5% of the people are sheep herders. The rest of them all work for Weta. Well, this is New Zealand, not Australia. Let's get it right, okay? They're sheep she- her- they made a but movie yeah, called a fucking smaller, Black Sheep. But it, is, but it is a smaller percentage of the population. Fair enough. Uh, um... Please, if you're in Australia or New Zealand, like, don't write us. 
we know how shitty and stupid we are. We're Americans, okay? It's kind of what we do. If if there's one thing that Americans are truly exceptional at, it's uh, being clueless dicks. Yeah, yeah. USA. Uh, any- USA. <laughs> USA. 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 USA, USA, USA. Uh, <laughs> it's fucking ridiculous. <laughs> anyway, uh, so what ends up uh, happening here um, is, uh, it, it, well, I don't want to spoil it. If you haven't seen this movie, I'm going to say just go out and watch it. It's pretty short. It's a fun little horror flick. Um, the the lead performances uh, of, uh, of all the people involved are just really fun and funny. And it's got some really good gore gags uh, that I, I think fans of the genre will like. And I, I have a fair um, inkling that most people have already sat down to this. It's just, I am so far behind on shit that I actually want to watch that has not come out in theaters, uh, at this point in my life. Uh, so this one's going to get a heavy recommendation. It's Deathgasm. Uh, I wanted to say something else and I can't remember what the fuck it was. Um, Oh shit. Yeah, that's right. Uh, let me, let me look up what this was again, real quick. Uh, it's a documentary called beach ball titties. No, no, no. It's about, uh, (laughs) It's about um, uh, uh, Deathgasm. So when this movie came out uh, on Blu-ray and DVD, um, uh, in order to uh, carry the film, uh, Walmart insisted on a title and cover art change. Oh. uh, Because it was uh, too obviously Satanist, which is hilarious because it's a goddamn horror movie. Uh, (laughs) But uh, anyway, uh, they changed the movie to Heavy Metal Apocalypse, and uh which also is kind of a cool name not yeah, not as cool yeah. as deathgasm but kind of yeah. a cool name um but like the cover art is uh way suckier <laughs> it's like way shittier cover art uh basically just photoshops uh like characters playing uh and holding things and and playing uh, uh guitars uh with like really shitty background uh, on well it. instead uh, of like a really thoughtful uh satanist design here's um, the thing though there, there are regular just distributors that put out probably. I, I haven't seen it myself, but I'm gonna guess there's regular full time distributors putting out stuff with probably worse covers than even that. Just big Photoshop, big fuckheads where it's like, hey, you've got a great iconic movie poster. Let's just slap a couple of big fucking heads on this thing and paint it blue. Uh, I don't know. I'm just, I just so many because people are like, uh, people are excited because of the new. Um, uh, Shout Factory's putting out like a lot of fucking like horror films, right? And like, yeah. kind of redoing them and everything. Well, and everybody's uh, just like Scream Factory's putting or, them out. Scream, well, they, they are their own company at this point. Or, okay, they're not. They're not yeah, technically they, a subsidiary. They're completely spun off. No, fair enough. Uh, but you know, they're like putting out. It's like, hey, look, here's the uh, here's the new uh, version of the thing that everybody says looks and is going to sound amazing and all that kind of shit. Uh, that cover's fucking awful, man. I mean, just give me the fucking cover of the thing, which is just a just an amazingly great iconic movie poster. Why give me some kind of It'll half be cruddy? There. People like people like exclusive art. Eh, it looks crap. I don't know. Well, not all of them do. <laughs> that one does. Okay, fair I've enough. seen a lot of crap ones that come out from major theaters or major studios. Is all I'm saying. Yeah, of course. But you know, like the reason that Walmart made that decision about Deathgasm is. Uh, well, and, and why the distributor went, went along with it is uh, Walmart, perhaps unsurprisingly, still like one of the last places that people really buy physical media. 
Um, and and so if you've if you've ever graced a Walmart with your presence uh, in the past, I don't know, two years maybe, uh, they they sell these things like hotcakes, like horror movies for Walmart sell. There's a percentage. So if you're a distributor handling horror movies. You want Walmart to be able to distribute because people will actually buy it there. Yeah, and especially Impulse if buys, it's a, like, you know. a, like a new movie at like a twelve dollar price point. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yep. So you're in there you know. buying, you know, fucking laundry detergent and shit, and you're just like, oh look, I'll just swing by electronics, and you're like, oh shit, this looks cool, pick it up, and you're done. Yeah, no, it happens all the time. Mm-hmm. So uh, that's my that's my big what you've been watching this week, Deathgasm. It's pretty kick ass. Uh, go and uh, check it out. All right. Uh, so I have, uh, I just started before we, uh, started the show here and I stopped at the first commercial break. Cause honestly I was like, meh. well, second commercial break rather, but I was like, meh. Um, so I started watching, I recorded on the DVR there, uh, Kevin Smith's new show on AMC geeking out. I guess it came, uh, aired after preacher this week. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I mean, I, I like Kevin Smith well enough. I mean, he's just doing his same Kevin Smith stuff where he's just way over-energized for everything. It's like him and Greg Grunberg uh, doing the fucking uh, show and stuff. Th- they're both fine enough, I guess, for what they are. But it's just too much It's too much shit. It's just too much like, hey, we've got a really energetic editor and everything is just bam, bam, boom, boom, bam, boom, boom, boom. Just showing his San Diego Comic-Cons going on, so they're showing all this stuff. And at least at this point, a little more than a quarter way through the show, I was just like, mm, I just don't really care all that much. I'm not getting enough stuff. And they're like, and they teased something before the break, and they were like, hey, coming back, we're going to talk to Charlie Hunnam. And I'm like, who fucking cares? Charlie fucking Hunnam? Seriously. Everybody was just Women like. Women cares? No, they don't. Yeah, uh, they do. Well, he's being. They're not watching that show, though. That's true, but he's being pushed out of like. There's like, oh, he's not going to be in uh, Pacific Rim too. I heard. I read an article. I'm just like, who fucking cares? He was the worst part of that movie. He's a wooden fucking. He's a decent looking dude, but man, oh man, I just I don't see any outside of good looking. There ain't nothing. There ain't nothing attractive about what this man does on screen. It's just boring. Uh, so I was just like, well, I kind of quit here. And, you know, I don't know. They got a lady who's just like, hey, look, uh, Geekdom also involves ladies, and now here's a pretty lady, and bring her out to Comic-Con. I don't know. You know, the the quality of the geek lady is, especially, you know, the prettier they are. And it, it sounds like an asshole thing to say, and maybe it is. But it, it always kind of brings up a little bit of, like, how truthful is this, or and or, like, are they just trying to put, like, a pretty face onto it? Kind of, it's never as, as genuine as it should be i guess mm-hmm. or as one would hope it would be because there are plenty of them out there they just really don't tend to get these jobs um i, I don't know i just i don't know that i'm gonna come back to it and finish it to be honest um <laughs> so that's a sterling recommendation for that uh the only other thing that i've really kind of watched of note and well two things really one you'll hear uh, me talk about it extensively on a hear movie podcast next week but we've already seen it this week so far Ooh. uh is uh the animated version of the killing joke i gave a little bit of a uh, a quick review uh when i sent in some feedback to outside the cinema because they were reviewing it this week um I think our our thoughts were a lot of the same. If you listen to the voicemail on this show, it sounds a, probably a little bit more. I listen back and I'm like, I seem a little bit more positive about that than I, I guess I really was. But then again, I wasn't trying to look for the negative, and I'm leaving leaving all the big stuff for the uh, for the H and P review, of course. Um, it's it's okay. I, I like it well enough. Is it amazing? Did it live up to what it should have been? No. Uh, but again, I'll get into more detail on that at H and P. But uh, 
worth a, worth a watch, I would say, at least. At least worth a watch. Especially if you're a fan of the book, I think. Um, I'm still deciding whether I care. Mm, I don't know. I mean, if, you, Here, here's if, the thing. if that's the I case... I don't particularly then like that uh, comic. It's it's not uh, even it's, one of my favorites. I'll be honest. I'm it not is, even. It is a actually fan. a really weak Batman story, uh, I think. And uh, on top of that, like I just do not fucking care for uh, everyone's uh, favorite douchey homeboy, Brian Azzarello. I just don't care. Mm, I mean, like Azzarello does. Like, well, I'll say this: he does put a couple of things that are slightly like funnier beats in there because I, you know, I, like I said in the outside cinema voicemail, I don't know if you know about Alan Moore, but usually not the most, uh, you know, haha kind of guy. But um. I, it's fine enough. The first half, the old Bar- Barbara Gordon thing is—it's a bit much. It's there for padding and whatnot. But again, I'll get into super detail in HBO. Well, here, here's what I wish uh, they had done if they were going to adapt this thing. Mm-hmm. Um, just make it like not a feature, and then couple it with another one that would not make a feature. Well, that's what that's what Chris said on Outside the Cinema, which was like, a really uh, interesting thing that said almost make like, it part like of man a, who laughs, right? Like just double it the fuck up with that. Yeah. He said he said it should be like you know he's like the Joker's kind of like recounting it to a psychiatrist or something so it's played out uh-huh. like a story and like that and maybe couple it up with something else like that and that would probably make it a little bit more uh, palatable I guess I don't know I just think like that like uh, well I don't know I'll see it and, and I, I think that I yeah I mean I'm the same way I think the book's okay I think there's I think the elements and themes of the of the book are better than the book itself. Because, uh-huh. I mean, the idea of, you know, it all it takes is one, you know, bad day to make, you know, somebody go insane or whatever. I mean, I like the idea of it. I just don't know that it's as good as it could, should be. I love Boland's art and everything, but I think that you're right. I think the story is a little bit weak. It's not one of my favorite Batman uh, storylines by any means. But, again, H&P, that'll be all there. Uh, the only other big thing that I saw... Uh, was I sat down and watched the Netflix original documentary... Uh, Tony Robbins, uh, not your guru. I think is the name of it. I think that's the subtitle. Uh, yeah. But it's a sub. It's a uh, basically just following. Uh, this is the first time that they've ever you know kind of allowed cameras in and stuff to uh, film. You know what what kind of goes on in a what, six or seven day Tony Robbins seminar and everything. And obviously, you know Tony Robbins is kind of complicit and behind all of this so it's probably gonna you know put him in the best of lights i know there's some people that don't care for the guy i I don't really feel one way or the other i think uh a lot of the stuff that he talks about is very is very good very empowering to you know people or whatever um and it shows a little bit of kind of the production of stuff and how things kind of run but then again that's what that kind of you know and while it's a seminar it's also a show at the same time so like bringing up emotional music at the right times and cues and stuff i mean it's just like any other you know motivational thing or you know certain church services and things like that so you know it makes sense for what it is but i i liked it i liked it i thought it was i thought it was good and um you know the, whatever you think about the guy he's got a lot of things that say hey that are positive that are like you know pick up your life and, you know, worry about your, you know, even make the things that are negative and horrible in your life. Try to, you know, put this, put the spin on how that will help you become a better, the better person that you can be because you have survived these things because you can get through these things. And there's some, uh, some pretty amazing stories told by people that are at the seminar. There's this one woman, uh, you know, who was sexually abused all of her life and they, by, by, you know, a whole group of people who told them that that was, you know, how you get close to God. So, I mean, there's some fucked up stuff in there. Uh, but there's some there's some powerful moments. It's it's good. So I mean, depending upon what you think of the guy, you know, 
it might. I don't know that it'll change anyone's opinion one way or the other, but uh, I thought it was a decent enough, uh, decent enough look at what the guy does. That's fair enough. I mean, like I said, I, I you know, I, I don't, I don't much care one way or the other about the guy, but I, I think he's a interesting motivational speaker, if nothing else. So okay, there you go. All right, well, let's get into it because we got stuff to talk about. First yes, of let's all, do. let's get into uh, the first movie. Uh, this here's the trailer for Lights Out. Every time I turn off the lights, there's this woman waiting in the shadows. I see her too. That was a trailer for Lights Out, our first new release review of the week. Uh, IMDb plotline, as we know, IMDb always 100% correct in everything they say and or do. When her little brother, Martin, experiences the same events that once tested her sanity, Rebecca works to unlock the truth behind the terror, which brings her face-to-face with an entity that has an attachment to their mother, Sophie. Uh, This is uh, directed by David F. Sandberg, starring Teresa Palmer, Gabriel, Gabriel, rather, that's a dude, uh, Bateman, uh, Maria Bello, and more. Um... So this is based on a YouTube short. Uh, I, I've never actually seen. I'll be honest. It is. Um, I remember when this thing made the rounds a couple years ago, and everybody's like, "Oh, you got to check this out. It's pretty good. It's pretty creepy. It's okay." Yeah. I mean, the thing the thing about most uh, YouTube shorts, uh, like that people have made that are horror things on there, right? Like, especially a lot of the stuff that's based on uh, creepy pasta. Uh, no, they don't work. And it's mostly because, uh, they're not sustainable. What was nice about the lights out short was that it was, um, short. It was compact enough to handle what it did in that, like three minutes, uh, pretty effectively, but there's nothing there. And what you do get as a payoff looks, uh, much sillier than anything we see in this movie. Um, you know, because it's an underdeveloped idea and blah, 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 blah. But no real budget or anything. Or... 
Yeah, of course. But it is nice. Uh, the the actress from that short uh, is the the worker at the like um, clothing uh, place. Yeah, at the at the factory uh, yeah. at the beginning of the movie. That Caesar. Okay. So, and it kind of like reenacts that first part of the short with her cutting the lights off and that's, back on. That's what I kind of figured while watching. I'm like, oh, this was probably the bit that was in it. Yeah. Um, so that's a nice little throwback. Um, but that short is okay. It's a little creepy, but it's not. Okay. I mean, at the end of the day, it's it's a YouTube short. Mm, fair enough. It's no PewDiePie. We get it. <laughs> well... <laughs> But there what? aren't there aren't many things that are PewDiePie. Thank fucking Christ. That, but, <laughs> uh, yeah. So you went into this not knowing anything. Yeah, I think I'd seen like maybe like like the the beginning of the trailer, which I didn't play here because I mean there's the super long silences. Yeah, uh, and all the, like the most that you hear is literally a light switch going in and out, and that's it. So visually, it made no goddamn sense to play it on a podcast. Um, but uh, I'd seen like maybe that little bit and everything when she turned off the lights and like there, there's the you know kind of outline of the body, the silhouette there, and uh, with the light coming in the back. And so I'm like, oh, okay, well I see what's going on here. It's kind of a uh, a light sensitive weeping angels for us Doctor Who fans. Um, so I was like, okay, I get the, I get the concept and everything. And by that point, because obviously I know this is what we do on this show. I fucking just closed my eyes. I was just like, I don't want to know any more of this because I like the idea. I think it's neat. Uh, I don't want to know anything else about this. Having just watched the trailer for the first time, really while after, while, while playing that, uh-huh. I think I made the best decision I could. Uh, because a lot of like, you know, these and any type horror movie that's like that, that's coming on the screen, man. I'm just, I'm shutting my eyes in this shit, man. I'm not doing it anymore. Because they just give away everything. They give it all away, and like all the big, all the good jump scares and stuff yeah, the, like that. The and, second trailer, uh, which you know I, was the one you were playing there, is uh, yeah, it gives away almost the whole plot of the thing. So I'm just like, no, I qu-. yeah, I mean that because they they literally show you what's going on to the. Uh, the um, we'll say ghost figure for lack of a better phrase. Um, pretty much all the way there. They're just like, hey, here's what happened. Here's how everything works. And, you know, it, it's a little annoying. I, I don't like it. Uh, but I, I think the less you know about this thing going in, the better. And I, honestly, that plot line, it's about all you really need to know. Yes. Uh, but I'll say this. It works pretty well. Yeah, it does. Uh, yeah, this... So, um, for me, this movie is an effective little throwaway. And, yeah. and I enjoyed the heck out of it for what it was. It's not like a great uh, uh, horror film, right? It doesn't live up to the heights of, uh, say, The Conjuring 2 mm-hmm. earlier this summer. Right. But it it is effective at what it does, and it knows what it's doing. And, uh, you know, it kind of meanders and falls apart a little bit at the end, um, story-wise, plot-structure-wise. touch. But, uh, but it's pretty solid. It's it's a good enough time at the movies that I'd give it a recommendation, um, because it it does like give you the creeps, um, especially if you don't know that much about it going into it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's 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 super effective that way. And uh, but the nice part of it, about it too is is that it never it doesn't feel like for the most part it doesn't reach beyond its grasp. It knows, yeah, I wholly agree with it, that. It knows what it's doing. It knows what it's kind of, you know, this isn't super high budget. This is pretty low budget. Not like, it doesn't feel like quite 
as low a budget as, say, like a Blumhouse movie does. This would feel like high high rank Blumhouse, if you will. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it it doesn't feel like they want to go beyond what they're capable of doing. Uh, I think Maria Maria Bella does a great job of just playing a freaking nut job. Uh, she's really good in that. And here's the thing, man. Uh, we we gave her crap for the other movie that she was in <laughs> this year, but Teresa Palmer does a really really great job. Oh yeah, well you know we've always said that she's a good actress. Yeah, and consistently but. with her, we were just like, can somebody give her something to do? Yeah, because I mean, Point Break, she was <laughs> terrible in, but that's not her fault. Yeah, that's not her fault. That movie was terrible. The and choice, that part was terrible. The choice she was good enough in for the role that that movie had her play. Yeah, but the movie was the not. movie. The movie sucked, but she was fine enough in it. Triple mm-hmm. Nine, she wasn't in it that much, but for you know, again, what for Ooh, what she bit was she fine. was in, she was fine. But this, I think, actually gives her a chance to kind of you know stretch out a little bit. And it works. I hope she. I hope she's well. She's got like five things on the upcoming docket here. Uh, like a lot of them for uh, uh, this. Is it wow? A lot of them yeah, this she year. Is, she even. is like in demand right now. So man. she's really kicking it. Good for her. Yeah. Uh, and and, I, and I'm and I'm excited to see more of her because she's re- because I think she's really good. Mm-hmm. When she's given material that's decent, <laughs> that's the big thing. She's yeah, gotta and, get the, and again, good. the little kid in here, Gabriel Bateman, uh, oh, he, he was he was good too. Yeah, he's really really good. I mean, kid- I, I I gotta I gotta say, like uh, I know we've mentioned it possibly to the point of being like a Patton Oswalt joke, but uh, like it's a good year for child actors. Yeah. And we're going to talk about five of them in the next uh, show. Yeah, I mean, so. these they're, they're really starting to step their game up here, and because, man, oh, man, there was just a string of forever and a day where kid actors just fucking sucked. Yeah, it was like so- sometime after, like immediately after, like, Mara Wilson. Mm-hmm. It's just like, holy shit, what is going on here? Yeah, kids, is, like, wait a minute, wow, kids are this fucking good now? Oh, well, jeez. Uh-huh. Uh, and, and, you know, like that, like that was it. It was like Mara Wilson. And then after that, there was like a good six or seven year period where it was just like, where are these fucking children, uh, coming from? Because, uh, they don't exist in that period. Right. It's like late nineties, early two thousands child actors are not good by and large. Yeah. You can just watch movie after movie after movie. And you're just like, holy shit, man. Uh, with with notable exceptions, right? Like uh, like Haley Joel Osment. Yeah, I was about to say Haley Joel Osment's like probably one of the biggest right. exceptions. Um, and and of course like the like uh, D- Dakota Fanning, right? Mm-hmm. But but Who beyond was, like, that, it's amazing. just like, like her first thing I ever saw her in was a fucking episode of CSI where she doesn't say a fucking word. Oh my god, she is amazing in that thing. Woo! Yeah. Not a word coming out of her. Acted her ass off in that movie. Yeah, so there there are exceptions in this time period, but really in the last like few years, I feel like it's another level of just like, oh, there are like children who are actually acting again. Mm-hmm. I wonder if. What do you think about this theory? I Hannah wonder, Montana. Well, <laughs> ooh, <laughs> I like that. I'm, I'm I'm all about the Disney Channel sucked up all of the talented uh, hack actors, uh, child actors. Yeah. Well, all of the talented child actors, and then turned them because of the material level into non actors. There you go. Up to a certain point, uh, and that's kind of uh, uh, you know subsided a little bit. But what were your what's your theory? What were you going to say? What if? These kids are all like, what if they're all taking a page? What if all the parents are taking a page out of the Joe Jackson playbook? Just beating the shit out of these kids until they do it really well. I don't know. Because I can't I can't come up with a reason why they're all this fucking good. 
I th I think it's just like uh, I think it's that a lot. From what I can tell, like the parents are not as involved in them. They kind of let them go. I think from what I they let them I'm do hearing. their thing, right? Uh, and uh, from from what it looks like from the outside, right? Now there may be shit going on. Usually there is. That's the history of child actors going all the way back to the fucking thirties, right? Twenties. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, Judy Garland uh, at MGM given like pills for sleeping and for waking the fuck we up. We gotta pep so you up and knock you out, baby. Because <laughs> you know, like, oh, you gotta be on set for uh, nineteen hours a fucking day. So enjoy your four hours of sleep. We knock you out for, and then we'll give you caffeine and speed to, like, get your heart racing in the morning. You got five Mickey Rooney pictures to shoot today. Get your fucking <laughs> shit together. Yeah, no shit, right? Like that's that is legit. Like I'm not even making that up. Yeah. That is real, right? Uh, and and there certainly is a strain of that in child actors' uh, histories throughout. I mean the the Corys, for example, mm -hmm. right? Uh, huge pressure on those guys. As they got older. They made and, so and, much stuff in such a short amount of time. Uh-huh. They just turned those kids. Um, and, and I think there's an element. But I do think that, uh, like, there's a little more autonomy with uh, this newer generation where they they understand that what they're doing is a job and that they're not being forced into it necessarily. Mm -hmm. um, and, and I think it's working for, for them. Yeah, I think it's a different string of parents and stuff. Because, I mean, like, even look back to, you know, somebody that we don't think of as really a child actor now, but he, he certainly was, was Shia LaBeouf. Uh-huh. And you see him in, the like, the, the Project Greenlight. That was one of the kind of outside of, you know, it was one of his bigger first things that he ever did. But you saw his mom on set. She's just this little old hippie lady who's just like, nah, he just does what he does, you know? Yeah. So, yeah, exactly. So, but yeah, man, uh, it's but these these kids are stepping it up, and, uh, and I'm and all the, for and it. And the kid in, in Lights Out is uh, is fucking good. Not too. I shabby. enjoyed the hell out of uh, his, his, him and uh, Teresa Palmer playing his older sister. Uh, like that was just a genuinely fun on screen relationship. Mm -hmm. And I and I like there will be a sequel to this. Yeah, I mean, I, mean, I think it's already announced actually that there's going to be a sequel to this. Uh, and I think there should be. I think there is more to explore uh, with uh, the type of thing that's going on here. Uh, tortured spirits, as we know, uh, live on and on and on anyway um, for money-making purposes. True. <laughs> but, uh, you know, Lights Out made uh, 21, almost $22 million this weekend. It's almost made $30 million so far, and it cost under $5 bucks. That's about to say, so that's that's killing on this thing. So Yeah, yeah I, mean, I mean, that is... That is its entire every. It is so profitable already, within you know uh, six days of its release at the point that we're recording this. Yeah, I th I think this is. I think we're in kind of a, um, a a golden time for these kind of small budget horror movies, man, because they're they're getting oh, yeah. made and they're making money, man. So well, I and, and part of that is 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 the producers, mm -hmm. right? They have the power to do it. So they're so they're going out and they're getting the talent and they're they're uh, pulling it all together and making it happen. And they've got enough and, name pull to make yeah, this kind so, of thing happen. So James yeah. Wan can go out and say like, look, uh, you know, I've made a shit ton of money with these Conjuring movies. Mm -hmm. Don't cost nothing to make. Yeah, they don't cost a ton to make. A little bit, right? Well, for those films, yeah. And the The Conjuring, right? But they're extremely profitable. Mm -hmm. um, and he can go like, hey, there's this guy. He's got this really interesting premise. Uh, let's option the script. Oh, it, it's expanded. Okay, let's usher this through to production. Um, and, you know, talk. I mean, for Warner Brothers, for Warner Brothers, right? This is not Blumhouse. We already talked about this. Right. So Blumhouse is the other major producer. Like, that shit is a gold mine for them. Um 
but but Warner Brothers four point nine million dollars is it's a fucking tax write off. Yeah. Right. Like, it's just like, yeah, whatever. Here, here, go and make whatever with this. Exactly. It doesn't they just, matter. They can just go like, hey, one, we'll, we'll give you five pictures, five million bucks a yeah. pop. And then he just goes, OK. And then, well, you know, you make the whatever. It's the it's the FX uh, TV series deal. Right. Mm-hmm. It's the it's the Louie. Like, oh, you have this weird idea to make uh, make this show about a cl- uh, about a mime like clown uh, with uh, Zach Galifianakis. That's going to run for 10 episodes. Here's money. What? Yeah. Here's, you know, how much is it going to cost? Well, we think we can make eight or 10 episodes with uh, like 5 million bucks. Oh, here, have it. Do whatever you fucking want because it doesn't matter. It's $5 million. Well, yeah. Or, or they just go like, how much do you need? And they go 15. Well, we'll give you eight and you can do whatever you want. Okay, mm-hmm. great. Yep, exactly. And and fi- like, seriously, it, it's not even five million. Like looking at the production budget info online, it looks like Lights Out cost about four point nine million. That sounds about right. Right. And it's like because it's very encapsulated. There's only like two or three big sets. Uh huh. So and uh, guaranteed uh, this uh, this was shot uh, long enough ago that Teresa Palmer was not in a billion things, so they got her pretty early. Mm-hmm. Maria Maria Bello probably cost the, much in, the most in this fucking movie, probably more than the special effects, Maria Bello. Yeah, probably, out, out of all these things. The only thing that I'll say that, like, he did a fine enough acting job. I don't blame his acting on this. I just didn't like the uh, the wardrobe and the styling and everything for Alexander DePars' role, the, the boyfriend. Yeah, I didn't like the styling either. His character was interesting. Yeah, he's I wish fine. they had given, a, given him a little more to do. I got to tell you, he got the best crowd reaction when he walked the fuck out of that house and cut the lights on in the car and then drove away. Yeah. That shit brought the house down <laughs> it's good stuff. and then when he showed back up and like stood in front of the lights on the car while the cops went inside that shit was funny too yeah, there was some good stuff i mean there was enough laughs there was enough scary uh suspense stuff i it's a fun enough time i mean look dude it's at like and seven- i enjoyed the introduction of the blue light which allows you to see oh, her that but was doesn't great harm her, that was a right? really smart idea i like that mm-hmm. a lot actually yeah yeah the black light's a good good uh foil i think Something very neat that you just don't like. I, I look at that and I just that I, I could be wrong, and maybe I am. That feels like that could have been a James Wan thing, because that seems like <laughs> it seems. Well, well, I think that has to do with just the fact that like the uh, the um, uh, what the fuck's it called in in the Insidious films, the the Never, right? Okay. Like, I, like I only the, watched the first one the, and I didn't care for it, so I never really... Yeah, but it, but you know what I'm talking about at the end when he goes into the demon realm? Yeah, yeah, right? yeah. Into the realm of the dead? That's what it is, right? It's like this weird blue light uh, kind of uh, environment. So, yeah, it probably totally is him. And, and so, <laughs> very likely. Or or just a very smart uh, writing decision. Either, either like, way. Oh, what bravo. if... What if so, yeah. they, they know they need light, but this is what they find. What's the effect of that? Yeah. Or and I it's just it's like really there's a there's we need to have a way where we can see more of this stuff, and we don't want to have a picture that's just you know complete darkness the entire time, and only like a strand of light going back and forth amongst the screen. Um, and I, I like the idea that the flashlight was a crank flashlight and everything, so it, that added a little bit more nice suspense to it. It wasn't the shitty like ooh the batteries are going out, which is always horseshit. Uh, I, I like the idea. It's just like, hey, this is what we have for like emergencies and things like that. So yeah. you crank it for a while, and then sometimes it goes out, and you're like, oh shit, I got to crank it up real fast again. I thought that was a. Uh, it's just, it's just well, it's well executed. 
Yes. Yeah, and, and it works for what it is. It's great. Yeah. I mean, it's like 77% on Rotten Tomatoes right now, and I think critics. I'd say that's about right. So, and then the, uh, you know, and fans are just slightly there under. So, I mean, that's that's pretty damn good. So, certified fresh to uh, be, and I would, I got to say, I, I completely agree with it. Uh, go out and see it. It's a good one. Yeah. All board. right. Here comes the next big one, kids. Last new release review of the week. Here is the trailer for Star Trek Beyond. My dad joined Starfleet because he believed in it. I joined on a dare. You joined to see if you could live up to him. You spent all this time trying to be your father. Now you're wondering just what it means to be you. It isn't uncommon, you know. It's easy to get lost in the vastness of space. There's only yourself, your ship, your crew. You really want to head back out there, huh? What the hell is this? They're boarding us. Why we are all here. Our captain will come for us. Mercy will be the last thing on his mind. I am counting on it. Fear of death is illogical. Fear of death is what keeps us alive. Everyone who goes there, he kills. That's our friends out there. We can't just leave him behind. Unity is not your strength. It's a weakness. I think you're underestimating humanity. Hold on to something! Fire will! Do it! Do it! Pardon me. That was the trailer for Star Trek Beyond, our last new release review of this week. IMDb Plotline, the USS Enterprise crew explores the furthest reaches of uncharted space where they encounter a new ruthless enemy who puts them and everything the Federation stands for to the test. This is directed by Justin Lin, written by uh, Scotty himself, Simon Pegg, and Doug Jung. Uh, starring Chris Pine, Zachary Quinto, Carl Urban, Zoe Saldana, Simon Pegg, John Chow, uh, Anton Yelchin, Idris Elba, Sophia, how do I pronounce their last name? Botella? Does that sound pretty close? Uh, hold on, I'm looking at something else on the IMDb B-O-U-T-E-L-L-A, page. B O U T E L L A, Botella, sure. Why I was not? I was looking at something else. So, uh, who are we talking about? Sophia Botella. Sophia Botella, yes. Okay, pretty good. I'm not, not bad for me. Um, yeah. Who who from Kingsman? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which like I was that's... just like, because I'm sitting there watching this entire thing, and I'm like, who is this chick? Do I know her from something? I I'm mean, like, she's yes, good in do. this role. <laughs> What do I know her from? And it was from Kingsman. I'm like, oh, she oh, actually. Knife feet. I'm like, knife feety girl. Uh, I'm like, oh, she has lines in this film, <laughs> and mm-hmm. she can really act. So no, she is uh, just to, it's right out of the way. She's really good. 
Yes. I can't wait to see her in some more stuff, man. Um, I, I, I think she has stuff coming. Well, so, good, good. You no, know, uh, good, uh, good for you. Ah. She's, she's in fact uh, in the Mummy. Oh, is she? The the reboot, yeah, that's coming up. Oh, I know okay. that for a fact. Nice. She's in that. Um, I, yeah, I don't know what else, but I do know that because I just saw set photos the other day. Very nice. Uh, okay, so this is obviously the third in the J.J. Abrams Star Trek universe and everything. J.J. Uh, obviously stepped down to do uh, the Star Wars movie. Don't know if you've seen that one. It's It was kind of a big deal. Uh, and then so old Justin Lin says, I'm going to stop doing some Fast and Furious stuff. I'm coming over to the Star Trek world and bringing a little bit of his action sensibilities to it. And uh, I think he does a fair enough job. Now, here's the thing. Uh, a lot of these movies, uh, since mm-hmm. the J.J. Inception and everything, uh, have been a little bit more action-oriented. They've uh, they've gone through the uh, the whole kind of, you got your Star Wars inside of my Star Trek thing. For some people, that works. For some people, that's a really big inversion. They don't want to see, you know, Star Wars. They want to see Star Trek, which is, you know, more of a, uh, you know, battling in submarines versus, you know, battling in dogfights, if you will. Uh, I think that's a fair assessment of like how action normally functions in these films. Right. um, It's also a difference between like space opera and uh, like intellectual science fiction. Mm -hmm. Right. And Star Trek kind of traditionally has been more interested in ideas uh, philosophically than uh, set pieces. Right, yeah, it it wasn't, you don't watch Star Trek VI because you want to see the big giant action scene. Yeah, you watch Star Trek VI because uh, that movie's fucking great. Um, I have gone on record before Mm -hmm. uh, Star Wars and said that uh, J.J. Abrams has directed one and a half good films, (laughs) consisting of three different halves of three different (laughs) movies. Okay. And <laughs> tell them what and, they are. Come on. All right. So it is the first half of Mission Impossible 3. Okay. Is good. The first half of Star Trek is good. And then there's like a middle third of Into Darkness that works okay. Before it like completely throws away any fucking semblance of a Star Trek film, right? Um, and that's what I mean by that. Okay. <laughs> but then he then he made Star Wars, and I'm like, yeah, this is at least good, right? Well, that's especially that one, more of his wheelhouse, admittedly uh-huh. so from him. So, yeah. Um, and and he was not. Uh, I mean, with Star Wars, he was going back and just remaking Star Wars, which Let's is be honest. Uh, which is fine i like i like that they did that because lord knows we needed a fucking palate cleanser (laughs) true um i have to say this is the first of the new star trek films that i've actually really liked from start to finish i don't think it's great still Mm -hmm. but it is a vast improvement over the two abrams pictures and i think it has to do with uh it it feels a little more like star trek it has the ideas. It has the optimism. It's fucking colorful. True. Uh, which the other two are not. I mean, part of the first one is, but like Into Darkness is fucking not at all. I still have not yet watched that again since the theater, so I don't. Really I, I haven't either, and I have no desire to. Um, and uh, it 
what makes this more like Star Trek than the other two is like there are really nice moments that focus on the characters finally. And that's what Star Trek is always about. Mm-hmm. It's the characters and how they interact with one another because that's where the philosophy of uh, Gene Roddenberry's kind of utopian uh, tinted vision of the future comes from is that you have all of these different people. And by understanding the ways they interact and the way that humans interact with other species, we can see ourselves reflected in that. Precisely. And, and, and in this film, you do get that. And I have to say, I think it's because Simon Pegg rewrote the screenplay. Yeah, this was originally a, a, at least an Orsi joint. Yeah, and, and as as we all know, who gives a fuck about him? Uh, not he's losing a lot of jobs because I hear he's kind of an asshole. But you know, I don't know. Well, on top of that, uh, not particularly talented. He's okay. Uh, like I've liked some of the stuff that he's done, but a lot of it's more hit. He's he's more missed than hit for me. I'll say that. Uh, I would say that's an understatement. <laughs> I mean, this is the guy who, uh, I mean, where he really made his bones was on, uh, alias mm-hmm. and, and fringe, right? Um, which I, I love fringe, which he, he only wrote a little bit of, but he's one Hold of the on, Matthew, on stop the presses. God damn it. Uh huh. We are number one twenty six on iTunes right now. The Wait, film us? find the film find. Is number one. This has never happened to us before, ladies and gentlemen. Wait, a, wait, what? Bruce sent me a fucking picture. I couldn't believe it myself. This is live interruption. Of this our, is of live our... interruption to say that something that's never <laughs> happened to this goddamn podcast before. We're in the top. We're, we're number well, one. Well, t- I, well, I hope that our subsequent Stranger Things <laughs> podcast really well, picks this up because I do wonder if that is uh, if that is fueling some of that. I don't know. I did. Wait, they did mention my. They did mention the film find a couple times on Outside the Cinema, which okay, I thank well, those good. guys for. So, but maybe that's part of. I don't know. Holy I'm just fucking shit. stoked. But thanks, Bruce. Thanks for the fucking thing, man. That's fucking. <laughs> okay, awesome. Okay. Well, let's get back to trashing Robert. Or- back to the thing. Fuck you, Robert Orsi. <laughs> Fuck you, Roberto Archie, piece of shit. <laughs> uh, no, he's just like, he's much more miss for me, right? Uh, um, Cowboys and Aliens, eh. Transformers, eh. Star Trek, eh. I, whatever. He's he's apparently written the upcoming uh, Van Helsing reboot. Oh, God bless. I don't want to see anybody <laughs> that fucking sees that piece of shit. Well, you know what that's coming through is uh, so that yeah, we've we've been talking a little bit uh, periodically on this show about how everything's got an interconnected universe now. Oh, God, where is this going to go? It, so this is Universal's big plan. This is what oh, they wanted no, to do. This is that bullshit I heard about. Oh, God damn it. No, this is what they wanted to do under Stephen Summers. But as we all know, Van Helsing sucked. And Stephen and, Summers can't direct his way out of a paper bag these days. No. Uh, and so what they're doing now is they're relaunching all of the monsters. So like the mummy, uh, creature from the black lagoon is about to go into production. Van Helsing is, is going into production. Now the creature, of the and, black lagoon might be interesting if they do oh, it right. I, I want to watch all of them, but, but the way they're tying them together is shared interview, uh, universe is, uh, once again, uh, Van Helsing will be the great monster. hunter. Hey, look, man, as long as Frankenstein don't fucking sing opera in this next one, I might be all right with it. <laughs> I'm, That's what that I'm, fucking I'm thing I'm did posh- in that movie, oh, I, man. I know. I've seen it. I God watched it damn recently. It. 
wow, you are a masochist. Well, it was on HBO now, and I needed to do some work where I wasn't paying attention to anything. <laughs> I thought you were going to say, and it was like a scene from Misery where somebody just came in and broke your fucking legs and said, you watch this, you bitch. Well, what happened was uh, I was playing Gerald's game <laughs> and and uh, got chained to the bed. There you go. And it was on the TV, and uh, of course, Gerald had a fucking heart attack and died. Mm. And there I am, just chained to the bed. And what you got to do? Fucking, can't get out. Nobody around. Suffered. That's have, a Stephen King book. Having to watch that thing, I'd, I'd say that's that's as much the truth as anything else. Have you read that Stephen King book? I, I don't read. We all, we have, I think that's well, pretty much the name on this here. That show. one is is a favorite of mine. <laughs> we'll talk all about Stephen King soon. Um, okay, back to Star Trek. Okay. So, so one thing that I really like about this is that we spend so much time on a planet that is not fucking Earth. Very much true. <laughs> which, which, oh, thank Christ. Because so much of the other two movies is like, oh, here's Earth. Oh, here's Earth. Oh, here's Earth. One annoying thing that keeps happening. Why does the fucking Enterprise wreck every movie? Every time. Every movie. Like, they these fuckers to- go through a, through a starship every two years. <laughs> they needed Deadpool to come in and make a fucking comment about it at this point. Because it, it has gotten to that lunacy to where yeah. it's just like, what are we on? The Enterprise Double C 16 or something? Fucking just something ridiculous at this point. I mean, because, I know man, they oh, went through, through a fair amount of them in the, in the like original uh, run of the movies. But it was seriously like seven movies that they went through like three or four. Yeah. And, and this one, holy shit, three already? <laughs> technically four because they wrecked the shit out of the other ship that they rescue off the planet yeah technically that one's gone too so yeah they've <laughs> they've you even wrecked a vessel from the past <laughs> so uh i did enjoy the hell out of the villain in this one yeah. uh just because finally it wasn't like a complete throwback to another movie yeah um, well i mean you know he had at least a little bit of, I, I like that it went somewhere other than he was just kind of a, a, a and we won't spoil it but it went beyond him just being some sort of crazed monster who wants yes. to like take over stuff it's it's a little bit deeper than that yeah uh, and and that's what that's also one of those things that goes back to that more philosophical angle mm-hmm. that star trek has rather than the more space opera oriented stuff yeah, and for those of you who are just like, oh, why would we put Idris Elba under all this? Y- it makes more sense. And, so. uh, you know, I was talking to somebody about this online. Um, there's a reveal about Idris Elba throughout the film, and, and he is in the movie, not in makeup, mm-hmm. uh, at a certain point. And what I what I like about that is if you go and you read, uh, you read that through the lens of, of film studies, which I happen to to do sometimes what it's the first uh, i'm hearing of this what one thing that i find really interesting is that it 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 serves as kind of a commentary on the fact that like when you see people of color in science fiction very often uh they are in makeup mm-hmm. heavy makeup as alien races literally they're other uh, the, right? t- the two main characters in this thing who are kind of like guest spots if you will are people of color yes indeed um but but the fact that you actually see that person at a certain point, uh, and and it also talks about how the, the fucking nature of the film and what has happened in it uh, turned him into some sort of monster mm-hmm. uh, is also like it's it's this weird kind of not 
conscious, right? But it is it's a it's a form of meta commentary that you can read in the film. And that's I enjoyed that as well. No, that's an interesting thought. I, I mean, I guess maybe deep down there was kind of a, a small smattering of that in my mind, but, I mean, I'd never put it quite in that fashion. Oh, yeah, of but, course, yeah. but but that's but that's what the critics are, right? So pe- people like uh, people are always like, well, the film's, film director or whoever like, didn't intend it that way. And it's like, well, that's like an eighth of what you could ever interpret from a film. Yeah. Right, like the the job of the critic, especially uh, like uh, the serious critic or the or the academic critic, is to apply a lens to it and then see how the film reacts to that lens. Mm-hmm. And if you look at it that way, I just think it's a really interesting touch to this movie that isn't necessarily there in in a lot of things, and it and it can function that way. Um, but I but I did enjoy him as that character because God damn it, that guy is so good. Uh, you know, he's just, he's, he's all right. <laughs> oh my God. He, look, if he's James Bond, I'm going to be like hardcore gay for like a week. He says he's too old for it, which I go, no, sir, you are not. Well, yeah, he's not. I mean, maybe, but who the fuck are they going to get? I, 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 I really hope it's not fucking Hiddleston. I don't, I, I, li- I like Hiddleston well enough. I, do, I don't but want I don't him for want that. him to be Bond. No, I'd love him to be a Bond villain. I think he'd be great as a Bond villain. I'd like to see him be like, you know, uh, not, yeah, just, I don't know. Just not involved in those movies. Hey, Matt, let me ask you a question. Uh huh. Do you ever have sex anymore? <laughs> I just, I just yeah. wanted to, I no. just want, I just want, <laughs> yeah, me either. Uh, I just wanted to be part of the, uh, the intelligent film critic that you were talking about. Oh, yeah. Uh, so. <laughs> well, that's an interesting point in this movie, too, if you want to talk about having sex anymore. Um, so, so the other thing that happened right before this movie came out and was kind of a minor controversy because uh, people are f- fucking morons is um, uh, it's revealed in the, in the film mm-hmm. that John John Cho's character of uh, Sulu, Sulu mm-hmm. right? Uh, gay. Yeah. And here's Which, the thing. I thought it was handled so fucking well. Well, I mean, even, even if it just, weren't. Yeah, even if it were a little Who gives a fuck? True. But here's the thing. I just like... I, but know. but there are nice little touches about it, right? Like like the shot of the attack on the station and like the like family running away kind mm-hmm. of shit. Yeah, you see them later on and everything. So it it also gives a little bit more gravity to that situation too, which is nice. Yeah. But it it was it was good. It like it didn't feel to me. It didn't feel like you know kind of just the which Hollywood has a tendency to do if we're honest with ourselves, just hitting you over the head, being just like, look at how fucking brow, like that kind of. It was just it well, was well because nice. there is a there's a strain of Hollywood that is uh, very self congratulatory and likes to give Oscars to movies like Crash. Mm-hmm. It's, it's indeed true. This was I, nice. I did also. Uh, just one of my favorite fucking things is uh, Jayla, the the new uh, character who I hope keeps showing up because she's a lot of oh, fun. Oh yeah, she is. She's a she's a lot of fun in this. Um, but what I liked about her was her interaction with Scotty, and the fact that she would call him Montgomery Scotty because he <laughs> corrected her after she said Montgomery Scotty. He's like, no, Scotty, and she goes, okay, Montgomery Scotty. It's great, <laughs> and that shit is funny, and no, that's a Simon Pegg thing. Oh, oh, for sure. I guarantee, because that is a that is a fucking Peg Wright style joke. And then right you're going to keep doing it the entire movie. Yes, <laughs> and which is great. It keeps up with the thing. And the and the lovely part, he doesn't he doesn't just you know just keep correcting her all the time. He's just like, well, I'm just going to live with that. 
But it's, it's <laughs> yep, good. It's, but, he knows it's his fault entirely. He's just like, well, I, I did tell her that was what it was. But um, but she brings a lot of fun to this. I, I like her as, as a character. You're right. I hope she does go into subsequent films and things because I think she brings a very it's, – it's a new energy that we don't have in this kind of crew and everything. And while it's a new crew since the J.J. Abrams films, they're all still very familiar characters. And so kind of throwing in this uh, – n- not in a bad way, not in like a fucking Cousin Oliver kind of way, but bringing in a new younger person that kind of uh, – of an alien race and everything, kind of livening stuff mm-hmm. up. And like I said, she's a great little actress, man. I'm like, I didn't know who sh- who she was because the makeup is done really, really well. And of course, in you know uh, the Kingsman, she doesn't really have any lines, but because she's more of a presence in that film. Uh, but she's really good. I want to see Marvel for sure. Yeah, really, but really. good The stuff. only thing that I'm like, and you know, Carl Urban is just the fucking amazing man that he always is in all these films. So love him. Uh, Quinto was better in this one than I thought they was in the last one. But I'm still gonna say this until I'm blue in the motherfucking face. Quinto, cut your goddamn hair and quit wearing a fucking wig, you pussy. This is so fucking stupid. You look like a goddamn moron. Cut your fucking hair. It's only for fucking 90 days or less. Quit being a pussy and wearing a stupid wig and looking like a jackass. It looks like a ridiculous, dumb wig. Cut your fucking hair. Jesus. I mean, it's not that difficult. Wear a hat. Uh, On... I, I don't know if you've ever seen this, but it's a very popular nerd opinion online that I find hilarious about about Carl Urban. I, I, Zachary Quinto, cut your fucking hair. Yeah, cut your hair. And all, and I, also, I don't know why that's such a harsh thing for me, but it really is. Cut I your also hair. <laughs> really disagree with the level of five o'clock shadow that Spock has going on throughout this fucking movie. I don't really remember, but I'll, just, I'll... He has got to trim that shit. I know that other characters have it going on. Spock? No fucking way. That's true. But you know what I really liked about it? Baby I'm, face, brother. Well, that's 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 Zachary Quinto just being a hairy man. But one of the things I know. That, one of the things that I also liked about him back in the day was like on Heroes, there uh-huh. was a point when Siler had his shirt off and he was just bare fucking chest. I'm like, no goddamn way. Y'all shave that yeah. man's chest hard fucking core. That's yeah, a grizzly you, you boy right there. Yeah, you guys probably went in digitally after shaving and removed everything. <laughs> that's thing. a hairy dude right there. Yeah, and like, y'all that's just a special like, effects budget. Y'all stripped that shit off. I'm like, what the fuck? Uh, this looks so unnatural. <laughs> so here's a uh, here's one of my favorite. I don't know why Zachary Quinto's grooming <laughs> has so, become such a big part of the show, but it has. So, so one of my favorite things that I've seen online is uh, is people comparing Carl Urban to Michael Keaton. In that, okay. In that, in the eighties and nineties, putting Michael Keaton in anything just made it automatically better. Uh, hey, look, man! Even when he was in that fucking, uh, what was the name of the, the Loft? He was, oh, yeah. he was good. He was. Well, I mean, here's no, the thing: that, all the actors look, in that movie I, were good. But I that just was think just... that's a funny comparison because it's accurate. No, I like it. I like um, it. It's not. It's not wrong. I don't think. No. One of my favorite uh, parts of this fucking uh, movie, though, uh, like just just Carl Urban moments is uh, he gives the classic, you know, I'm a doctor line, right? Mm-hmm. Just as uh, he and Spock are being beamed uh, down to uh, rescue Jayla. Uh, not Jayla. Um, Sounds right. That's not right. No, because Jayla's with them at that point. He's he's uh, going to he's going to rescue Ahura. And anyway, um, so so they're going down to the down to the place to rescue them. And and uh he gets on there after being kind of tricked into going on this trip with Spock, <laughs> which is great. And and he goes, 
goes, I'm a doctor, not a fu. And then as he gets the fu out of his mouth, he beams out. Yeah, it's good. It just cuts off the fuck, which is funny as shit. Yeah. Um, Again, feels like a Simon Pegg. Also feels like a Simon Pegg. Uh, but that's a great little Carl Urban moment. Yeah. He's gr- he's fucking amazing, man. Yeah, I mean, that guy can do no wrong in my book um, at this point. I, I did not know this until last week, even though it's like news that's uh, o- literally like over a year and a half old. Um, he and Katie Sackhoff are a thing. Oh, good for you. They're a thing. Nice. I don't know how I feel about that, whether it's like good or not. Uh, for me, as a personal opinion, I'm happy for them generally, but it, it seems weird. One less, and I curl- had and I had no fucking clue what was it, going it's on. It's okay. There's one less curl urban in the world for you. It's uh, it's for the rest of us, really. Let's be honest. <laughs> I'm gonna try. I'm so gonna. I'm like. So tr- I'm gonna. So, I'm so trying to like get uh score an interview with him at Dragon Con. So, and a couple other people. Yeah. Well, I you know here here's the thing about Dragon Con. Uh, people should uh, let us know if they're coming. Yeah, man, absolutely. <laughs> so, so we can meet up and uh, have a beer and, uh, or you know, a glass of Chardonnay Ooh, if you'd like. You fancy motherfucker. And uh, <laughs> and we can chat. Uh, maybe do some uh, little fun floor interviews. Might be good Who's if you're to coming say? to Dragon Con. All kinds of crazy stuff will happen. Uh, I'd enjoy the hell out of it. Um, also, one thing that I'm going to angle for and and try to glad hand while we're fucking there this year for real mm-hmm. is. Uh, we we need to host the preacher panel. We do indeed. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Are you getting a live update from Bruce again? No, Are we no. one twenty five now? No. Okay. I was just like, there was some weird little fucking error. I thought that like the recording had stopped for half a second. Oh, I almost had a goddamn shit. heart attack. Okay, uh, we're okay. Let's, let's, let's wrap let's it up. Up the Star Trek. Where this thing. fucker dies. Because we got we got an important show to do next. Yeah. So <laughs> let's wrap up the Star Trek thing. Uh, this movie doing pretty well in the box office. Yeah. It's not it's not a monster like the first two films were, but uh as seems to be the trend this summer, movies are making money over longer periods of time rather than all at once. Uh I don't know if you saw this, but Ghostbusters uh No, what is this Ghostbusters you speak of? Never heard no, of No, no, no. I'm just saying uh like box office wise, right? Ghostbusters uh is now officially uh like in or will be uh, by the time this comes out, like tomorrow or the next day, will be completely in the uh, in the green as far as its production budget is concerned. Hmm. Which in in two weeks' time, not fucking terrible. No, not at all, actually. Especially because uh, so much of what people were talking shit about was how it was a box office failure. I don't know about you, but making your production budget back, and yes, I know there are marketing costs. Uh, like in in two weeks' time, not that fucking bad. Uh, in the same breath, what, what got me talking about this was uh, Star Trek Beyond, right? Uh, cost about $185 million worldwide. It's made $117. That's, that's, that's solid. It's doing pretty well. It opened in number one. You try to do better. <laughs> I, I won't. I mean, this movie, this movie made a lot more money than Secret Life of Pets this weekend. Uh, and that's, that's, something to, that's something to do. Yeah. So. Although maybe the maybe the secret's out about that movie, that it's uh, <laughs> it's like not worth your time. It also I have a feeling split with people going to see Ice Age. Although far fewer people went to see Ice Age. Oh please, thank you God, people don't just stop Ice it. Age open beyond uh, open below Lights Out. Really? Oh good. Uh, good Star good, Trek: The Secret good. Life and Lights Out in third, and then it was Ice Age and Ghostbusters with literally less than. Uh, 
less than three hundred fifty million dollars between them, or three hundred fifty thousand dollars between them. So, so Ghostbusters almost beat Ice Age. That's pretty sad, folks. All right, and with that, <laughs> what are cooties? I don't know. <laughs> I think that like Bobby Hill needs to be the soundboard for this show. Okay. Go on, woman, get me my dinner. <laughs> I fucking love King of the Hill yeah. so much. It's the best stuff ever. All right. Where can we find more of your work on the internet this week, sir? Uh, you can follow me at uh, on Twitter at Matt underscore Boyd underscore Smith. Uh, I'm also on Instagram uh, under that same name, and uh, uh, you, you're welcome to follow me there. Over there, mostly uh, pictures of uh, random shit, uh, a lot of my dog. Um I, I'm also, uh, you know, I'm on Tumblr, conspiracymediatheory.tumblr.com, although I write less there nowadays than I uh, used to, although I share stuff constantly. Uh, so so jump in that stream. Uh, you should also listen to me ramble on in, uh, at the Preacher podcast that we do uh, where we talk about Preacher. We've got season finale uh, coming up, kids. Season finale next week. New episodes just dropped, right? Word of mm-hmm. Garth came out today, um, uh, Thursday, this week. And... Uh, we're going to have a, a season wrap-up, so we got two more episodes for sure. And then some sporadic stuff here and, and then there. I think, I think we've got some ideas uh, bubbling. Of course. And yes. uh, and we'll, we'll get some feedback, so listen to us on that show where uh, we we talk more than uh, Kevin Smith, actually, which is a fucking miracle of, of uh, chit-chat. Tough to do. And, of course, my other podcast is uh, Hero Movie Podcast at HeroMoviePodcast.com. This week, uh, we, uh, well, we, we'll be doing The Killing Joke, as I mentioned earlier. That's the next one coming up. Uh, that episode will be dropping on Monday. And uh, if you've seen it, why don't you email us at heremoviepodcast at gmail.com. I'd really be interested to hear what kind of people think about that. Uh, that is it, everybody. Until next week. What the, what the fuck are we to cover next week? I forgot. Already off the top of my head. Jesus, next week. Uh, we got Jason Bourne. Oh, we got some Bourne action we, already? Yeah, we got we got Nerve. The Which, new one from Dave you know, Franco. Maybe and- something, maybe not. I don't know. Uh, and there's there's something else. Let me let me see if I can get this loaded real quick. Yeah, uh, load. <laughs> uh, ba- bad moms. Okay, fair which enough. Which could could be interesting. Looks like they reuse a joke that we saw only a month or so ago in The Boss, but whatever. It was starring the same goddamn person, but whatever. Yeah, of course. Um, yeah. but but you know we'll we'll be on those, and then uh, we'll we'll possibly have some more things peppered in as well. That's how we do it up here. So that's it, everybody. Uh, follow us on the tweets, the Facebooks, all that kind of good stuff. Drop us a five-star review on iTunes. We'd really appreciate it. F- fucking number 126 in the film. It may not last long, so we have to bask in that glow as long as we can because that's the first time we've ever been in the top 150. Thank you, Jesus. My prayers have been answered. Uh, that is it, everybody. Uh, stay tuned. Uh, keep subscribed and everything. we got an episode coming right after this where we're talking about Stranger Things, talk about that whole thing. Uh, so join us then for Matt Smith. I'm Adam Porch. Just take it easy, everybody.
All righty. Got some fucking Stranger Things coming up. I think it's going to be an interesting episode. We got a lot of stuff to talk about there. Mm-hmm. I want to I want to highlight something uh, that right. I that I enjoyed thoroughly a year ago, and that my friend Alston just uh, reminded me of on social media. Okay, dope. Uh, around the same time last year, it was a little later. It was like uh, late August, August twentieth is when the news stories started circulating about it. Uh, there was the great impersonation off between Jim Carrey and Hugh Jackman. And it was fun. Okay. Hmm. Do you, do you remember this? I cannot say that it's, I am aware. <laughs> it started with Hugh Jackman posting an, an impression of uh, Jim Carrey on Instagram. <laughs> Where, where he did the, the smoke-in line, right? right? And then uh, Jim Carrey responded with uh, his fucking hair done up like Wolverine and holding, like, uh, like dinner uh, wear in his hand like it's his, uh, his claws, right. like knife and fork, <laughs> and, uh, and doing an impression of Wolverine. Just one of my favorite little things from last year. Hmm. I just wanted to highlight that. It's still available uh, online. Because the internet is forever. So if, if that sounds like something our listeners, uh, the five of you still listening after that song, uh, are, are into, uh, there, there's a thing. Do it. <laughs> <laughs> fucking do it. Fucking do it. I got to look at the downloads. I'm like, I don't like, Bruce just sent me that fucking text and I'm just like, what the hell is this? Yeah, you don't even look at who, who's downloading this thing anymore, do you? You're just like, yeah, it's like 100. I'm just like, yeah, there's, there's, there's there know, are people that listen, whatever. We get, we get, you know, we get a couple of thousand of downloads a month. It's, it's nothing <laughs> major, but I'll, I'll, look, I mean, I'll, I'll take anything anybody can give me. <laughs> yes, indeed. So, uh, yeah. All right. Well, let's. Uh, we're going to leave you, folks, because we got to do a uh, Stranger Things podcast right after this one. Yeah, so, I got to. Uh, I got to get some prep in on this real quick. Yeah, that, I, I, I mean, stuff pulled up. You mean you, that sounds like you're going to get yourself hard beforehand? Don't do that. Oh, yeah. Got to get that fluffer going. All right. But I'm not sharing a hotel with you in Atlanta. 